This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. It doesn't matter who you are or what you have, life can be pretty darn hard. Get some support at betterhelp.com super. Hey, brother! Today's video will contain spoilers for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Guys, Shang-Chi just dropped and I freaking loved it, but as ever with Marvel movies here recently, it almost presents more questions than it gave us answers. Like, who is that giant monster that Wong was fighting and why is Hulk back in like Bruce Banner form and not Professor Hulk? Where did Captain Marvel just jet off to there at the end? How could Trevor talk to Morris when he doesn't have a mouth? or a face. For that matter, how does Trevor speak Morris to begin with? And probably most importantly, where did the 10 rings come from to begin with and who are they sending a beacon out to? Well, don't worry you guys, today we are going to get to the bottom of everything, except for the Trevor and Morris thing. No idea. Guys, today's video is brought to you by BetterHelp Online Therapy. And I, me, Ben Carlin, am a huge fan of therapy. This was something that for the longest period of time, I really thought you only needed if you were going through something like really extreme in life. But that is absolutely not the case. Everyday life, a normal day might be carrying more stressors than you are aware of, and you might not even realize how much weight you're actually carrying on your shoulders. And I genuinely think you might be surprised to discover that one, you're carrying this load at all, and two, how much clearer you can see the world and change your goals if this load is being managed properly. And BetterHelp can do that. It is customized online therapy that provides both video, phone, and even a live chat function if you don't actually want to physically see a person on camera. And it's much more affordable than traditional in-person therapy, and you can start working with your therapist in under 48 hours. So unload those stressors, get some unbiased feedback, and I think you'll be surprised at how much it can help. Again, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy, and Super Carlin Brothers viewers can get 10% off your first month when you head on over to betterhelp.com slash super. Again, that's 10% off your first month when you head on over to betterhelp.com slash super. Link is in the description down below. Okay, so the 10 rings themselves are kind of the latest and greatest addition to the Marvel treasure chest of powerful artifacts. And I say powerful, but I don't even think we have even scratched the surface yet of what these rings are actually capable of. That is despite the fact that the Mandarin has literally been in possession of them for a thousand plus years and used them to attain massive wealth, build a secret army, and literally change the course of history. Which like, can I just say like Black Widow much? I can say that. How many secret organizations are secretly running the world secretly? Hail Hydra! But not really, screw Hydra. The point is, if I can find my way back to it, is that I think that the Mandarin is still only using the rings in kind of the most basic way possible. Kind of in like a similar vein to how Ultron views S.H.I.E.L.D.'s use of Vibranium. The most versatile substance on the planet and they used it to make a frisbee. And to be fair, it's not to say that they aren't powerful. In fact, when they were kind of giving us the origin story of the rings themselves and how they traveled through history, I was reminded of this line from the original Iron Man. The bow and arrow once was the pinnacle of weapons technology. Point being, like, as powerful as they definitely are, it almost seems like technology has caught up with their power, and that's why we maybe haven't heard so much about the impact of the Ten Rings in the MCU so far. That being said, it seems like the moment Shang took over the power of the rings, he was immediately using them on a higher level by literally destroying an interdimensional demon monster. Even that, though, I don't think is a true representation of what their ultimate potential can be. For one 
thing, every time we see the Mandarin use the rings, they glow blue, and once Zhang takes over them, they glow orange. Now, to be fair, I think on some level, this could literally just be so that we, the audience, have a better idea of which rings are pledging allegiance to which characters. But it's also possible that this color shift is just another indication or hint that we're seeing the rings do more than the Mandarin ever used them for. Along with that, during the mid-credit roll scene, Wong tells Shang that he actually felt the rings in the sanctum when he first used them. Which, this is a little bit more of an odd sentence than you might give it credit for when you consider the fact that the sanctum has been around for a very long time. Like, the previous master was literally called the Ancient One. And the Mandarin has been using these rings for a thousand plus years. Why have they never felt it before now? Like, what is it about Shang using them that actually causes the Sanctum to notice? My guess is that it's because Shang is actually a dragon. Sort of. We'll come back to it. As the movie starts, we are given kind of the origin story of the rings, where we learn that they've been on Earth for 10,000 years, but where they were found is not entirely clear. Some say that it was in a tomb, others say in a crater. And honestly, I don't see why it can't be both. Crater would suggest someone maybe from space, and tomb would suggest that maybe the rings belong to whoever was inside. But who cares about them? They're dead, right? Well, the next bit of potential guesses that we get about the rings come from Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner, who are also inspecting the rings with Wong at the end of the movie. Carol says that in all of her spacely travels, she's never seen anything like these before and then is promptly called away to go somewhere. And to be honest with you guys, I have no idea where she went, but I do feel like it's a little coincidental that at the exact same time that she is signaled to go somewhere is the same time that the rings themselves are sending out a signal of their own. Seems a little suspicious to me, but I guess we're gonna have to wait and see. Although if the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer is to be trusted at all, there is some potential that they're literally laying groundwork because in the first trailer, we literally see Wong enter the scene and then exit to somewhere. Maybe eventually we'll see where these characters are going from another perspective, or possibly this is also just laying more groundwork for the idea that characters are going to be traveling in and out of dimensions constantly. Bruce, on the other hand, is there to let us know that these are definitely not made out of vibranium, and he has absolutely no idea what kind of metal it is, and he's never seen anything else like it before. While we are on the topic of Bruce, though, it is worth noting that he is in fact Bruce in this particular scene and not Professor Hulk like we last saw him at the end of Endgame. This being unusual because it felt like the Professor Hulk persona was sort of his way of compromising with Hulk and being able to be more in control of himself. And I suppose it's entirely possible that from this form, he could still transform back to his typical human form at any point in time for his everyday life. But it also really felt like that wasn't the choice he was making in Endgame. Did you get that? So I'm not sure what, but something must have happened somewhere that is allowing him to operate in this form again. Speaking of Hulk and Wong though, because there is quite literally no way to talk about one thing without talking about two things at this point anyway, let's revisit that question from earlier about who Wong is actually fighting at the Golden Daggers. Believe it or not, this is not a new character, but rather this guy, AKA Abomination or Emil Blonsky. And you might be like, um, who? I know, I get it entirely. He's from the Incredible Hulk movie. I'm assuming at home you're being like, ah. But it is definitely him. Wong literally even calls him Emil in the middle of the fight. And don't feel bad at all if you didn't recognize him. I mean, after all, he was in a movie you probably didn't see 13 years ago. This is a whole new level of weird. And even if you did, the character got a complete redesign, so he looks completely different. Helpful, Marvel, helpful. Anyway, the real takeaway here is that Marvel did not forget that they made this movie. 
because it was like a multi-million dollar production and they're a giant studio, so. But my point is, what happened to Betty Ross? She was just in What If and now Abomination is back, so I'm smelling a comeback, you guys. Which honestly is just kind of fitting at this point because Mark Ruffalo's Bruce slash Hulk is very important to the story and hasn't had his own series yet. Or maybe they're bringing Ed Norton back as a different dimensional Bruce art. What were we talking about? Ten Rings, right. Okay, so something else that kind of stood out to me while I was watching Shang-Chi is the Great Protector, the dragon that's living deep below the surface that comes to fight, what is it called? The Dweller in Darkness. Man, those guys need better names. Either way, by the time the dragon arrives, you've already been in Talo for a good little bit and you've seen a bunch of other fantastical beings. So when a dragon shows up, it's really not that surprising or out of place. But in the retail, telling of the last time the Dweller in Darkness attacked. It sounded like the people of Talo were pretty surprised when this dragon showed up. And they never really addressed what the dragon has to do with the Ten Rings at all, which I'm not personally complaining because who complains about dragons? Dragons are awesome. Well done, dragon! But you should, because dragons are very relevant to the Ten Rings. And I have a feeling that this isn't just a dragon at all. Instead, it is Wait for it, it's gonna be worth it, a space dragon. I told you guys, what's better than a space dragon? Nothing, nothing is better than a space dragon. But yeah, space, as in space. Space is big. Space is indeed big, Bobius. Thank you for being an incredibly awesome character. Which is why I'm completely fine with the idea that Carol, despite having seen a lot of space, might not be familiar with these particular space dragons, AKA Macluins. I think it's Macluins, could be Macluins. Makluan? Makluans are shape-shifting cosmic rays from a planet called Kakaranthara? Probably. Kakaranthara, a once peaceful paradise, but a group of them could not accept the tranquility it offered and left on a quest to find worlds more exciting than their own. Can't accept the tranquility. Dragons, come on! Tranquility is literally the objective of every story ever. It's the goal. Anyway, in their natural form, they're basically just giant dragons. But they do also have the less and less, as each movie comes out, unique ability of being able to transform into humans. Seriously, this is like Marvel's new go-to move. We got scrolls and deviants and variants and Black Widow face-changing technology. And now possible space dragons. Anyone could be anyone at any possible time, including Doctor Strange. I'm onto you, you giant space dragon. Anyway, as the story goes, a group of them landed on Earth some forever ago and planned to take on the form of humans so that they could get better intel on who they were before eventually taking them over. Apparently this mission failed because they never took over, but one of them did decide to stay behind just in case. But he put himself into a deep sleep inside of a, and I quote here, tomb where he remained for centuries. Tomb, that's so funny. That's where they found the 10 rings. A boat, I've seen a boat. While he was asleep though, his tomb was raided by, you guessed it, none other than the Mandarin, where he found the Ten Rings. Dun, dun, dun! So in actuality, the Ten Rings are actually a highly advanced piece of McLuhan technology. And I have a feeling what the beacon is doing is alerting the McLuhan people to come. Did I say people? Of course I meant dragons. The idea here being though, that this is an alert that this planet is ready for invasion. The actual owner of the rings then would be this sleeping dragon, who in the comics is a very famous villain named Fin Fang Foom. Fin Fang Foom is a giant green dragon with a myriad of different powers and very likely the villain of the next Shang-Chi movie. But so then we again come back to the question, why is it that when Shang used the rings, they set off this beacon while when the Mandarin was using them for so long, it never did. 
Because, like we said earlier, Shang is a dragon. Sort of. Again, the Makluans are capable of transforming into humans, and my guess is that the reason that they didn't take over Earth to begin with is because they liked the people of Earth. So much so, in fact, that they literally just integrated themselves with the humans of Earth and started the village called Talo. So the theory is that if any Makluan or descendant of a Makluan used the rings, it would set off this beacon. But since they've been on Earth, they've only ever been used by an ordinary Earth human, Mandarin. But he had a child with somebody from Talo, Shang-Chi, who is now part space dragon. And I know, I know that that is a weird sentence, but also it is basically the exact plot of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And to be fair, I don't actually think that Shang will have the ability to turn into a dragon himself, but I do think it means he has the unique capability to use these rings to their fullest potential. I mean, his mom literally says, you have the heart of the dragon. What do you think that means? It is also worth pointing out that I'm not sure that he is entirely uniquely qualified in this regard. There is also his sister, who I think is possibly the new Mandarin. So it makes me wonder, who's gonna wake up Fin Fang Foom? His sister. Anyway, that is where the 10 rings ultimately came from. Space dragons. You are welcome. I've never been so happy to make a video in my entire life. But as ever, you guys, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to like this video if you haven't already and subscribe so you don't miss any future Marvel action from us. If you'd like to see our complete spoiler review of Shang-Chi, you can do so right over here. But otherwise, until next time, bye.